Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome to episode 54 of the Gather Moms podcast, and we are so excited to be in the month of no prep November. That's right. Hopefully you are taking this to heart in your own homes and not doing any laundry or cooking. <laughs> said, sorry, hon, the girls on the Gather podcast says it was no prep November, so I'm out for the month. Woo! Listen, I know you're secretly shopping online, so it's fine. You are getting stuff done. Yeah. But we wanted to just do some real talk. So we've had so much fun with you the past couple episodes, just like literally talking about whatever comes to our mind. Yes, it's been glorious. But for this episode, we decided to reach out to you guys, and um, I think we titled it on social media like send help or mom needs help. Just what do you need help with? What are some things in your life with momming and kids that you're like, I would just love to know what another mom does. Because again, like we always say, there's no one right answer. I think that's the bottom line of this. Let's make that very clear. You know, we're going to give our opinions and stuff and our thoughts, but there is no one right answer. And there's not even the one, the same right answer for one kid to the other kid, you know, in your own house. Yes. And you have to remember that, that just because another mom makes it work in her house does not mean that it's guaranteed to work in your house. Yes. So, you know, it's between you and the Holy Spirit going, what can I do for this child? And I think it's great for us to get advice from other moms because honestly, when other moms tell me what they do, I'm like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. So it's really good to get that. But just know, take what we say and and implement what you can. But if it doesn't work, then... We're so sorry. We're not liable. We need to get them a sign of release. <laughs> well, when we put this out there, you know, I was thinking that moms would be like, you know, uh, my kid is not keeping their diaper on, you know, and I'm like, I have experience there. I could help you with that. Like, I was hoping for some like easy, lighthearted things. And Becca, we were getting all these responses. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, how, how do we tackle this? So just to be honest with you guys, what she's saying is we're going to give our feedback. Don't you feel like it means that they really trust us? They're like, ooh. Well, they are there so, no, I think this. they're so desperate that they're like, you know what? I will just even give these girls a try, you know? Thank you for entrusting us with this. Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're just going to read like straight from what you guys wrote yeah. and just tell you what we think. And one of the ones that really jumped out at me was one of our mamas asked about when your kid kind of starts to get their own mind and so they have their own ideas versus talking back to you because they don't like your ideas and like how to balance that yeah um and honestly this is the first thing I thought is pick your time to talk to them Mm. I think one of the biggest mistakes that moms make is we try to talk to our kids about issues on our time and not their time okay and so sometimes you know we've waited all day for to talk to them because they've been at school and so they get in the car from school or they come in the door from school and we're like hey I got an email today that you got a 76 on your whatever assignment what are you not doing Uh uh-huh that is not the best time to talk yeah. to your teenager. Yeah. Like they have just, like for one of my kids, he has just socialed himself out for eight hours. Yeah. And when he comes home, he has got to go in the hole for a little bit to kind of 
get himself back together. And so I think sometimes as moms, when we're trying to press down on these hard issues with our kids, we're choosing times that they're tired, that they've talked it out already, that they're not in the best mind. And I think about myself, like, I don't know if you've ever done this with your spouse, but like you start a conversation with them and you immediately know this was not a good time. Uh Uh-huh. And yeah. instead of backing out, you like push you stay harder. With it. Yes. And then it turns into a full blown fight. Yeah. But we never think about this with our kids. It's That's the good. same with them that sometimes when we try to talk about stuff with them, we need to remember, you know what? I need to choose a time where they're well fed and well rested. Yeah. And have the margin to talk about this. Yeah. And then I think in those moments, you want your kid to think on their own. You right. want to help them come to those answers themselves. So don't be the kind of parent that's just telling them this is what we're going to do. Although there are times for that. But get some feedback from them. What do you think about what I said? Would you change this? Would you do it any differently? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I like your idea, but I'm not fully there. So can we find a place where we meet in the middle on this? And you do something and I do something. I, that's how I would approach it. I like that. I think that's really good because I think that looks more like a conversation than control. I tend to, I feel very comfortable when I'm in control, when I can control everyone's behavior. Um, And so, you know, me now having this 13-year-old and having to give him a little more freedom to think on his own, to come to his own conclusions, you know, uh, I think that is something that my parents actually did really well was they gave me a long leash and they let me come to my own conclusions about things. And that gave me freedom. You know, I think there were other families I saw where their parents were so helicoptery and always in their space, in their thoughts, controlling their conversations, you know, that those kids, they didn't have a chance to kind of figure out things on their own. And so then when they got outside of their parents' control, they were not ready um, to be able to, to handle those things. So, you know, I, I just feel like I, I, this is a lesson that I'm learning right now is trying to pull my hands off a little bit yeah. and let this child figure out, figure out some things. And then you're right. Approach them at the right time. Not necessarily like in the moment. Right. When, when everybody's heated and upset. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, so I really liked, uh, one mom said, uh, that she wanted help with being consistent with praying with our kids. And, you know, I just, that kind of stuck out to me because I think we all struggle with this. You know, I don't know about you, but I go through seasons where I am more um, consistent, and then I have seasons where I don't know if I'm just tired or what, but it just kind of falls off the radar. And so um, I think for me, with praying with my kids, it works for me to go ahead and have that into a system that I already have in place. So just my advice would be to pray with them in a place where you guys are already doing something together. So whether it's at nighttime when you're tucking them into bed, just have prayer time as something that you're doing there. Sometimes I will tuck a kid in and walk out of the room and I hear the Holy Spirit say, go back and pray over that kid, you know? And so for me, that is when I'm consistent is tucking the kids in. That is when I pray for them. Um, You know, but talking to other moms, I've heard them say that on the way to school in the morning, when they're all in the car, they know that, you know, when they past a certain point on the trip to the school, somebody starts the prayer time, you know? And I just think that is so good to just already, to put, to do something where you already are doing something. We already have a system in place where you guys are together. Well, and I think it's important to say it feels awkward at first. Yeah. Like it feels, for me, it feels really awkward with teenagers in the car to be go, hey, uh-huh. let's pray about that, you yeah. know? And I'm a believer, you know? Sure. Like, we're church people, but sure. I just don't, don't worry about what it feels like in the moment. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Just say the prayer, encourage your kid to pray. 
Um, for me, I think sometimes I set too hefty of spiritual goals for myself with my kids. And I'm like, we're going to pray together seven times a week. Yeah. And then when I don't do any of them, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible mom. Maybe just once. Like maybe just decide next week, I'm going to pray one time with each kid by themselves. Yeah. And we're going to make it like a good one. Yeah. Like what's going on in your life? What can I pray about? What do you want to pray about? Instead of maybe setting some goal where you're like, oh, okay, every day in the car before school, and then you forget. Sure. Don't worry about that. Do what you can. But maybe start small with like one time next week or two times next week. Or we're going to start praying together at dinner. Yeah. Maybe you don't pray together as a family before you eat. And maybe you don't eat together that often because you're so busy. Sure. So the next time we're all at the dinner table, instead of just going, thank you, God, for our food, we're actually going to pray about, hey, is there anything big we could pray about before we eat tonight? Love that. Love that. And if you're like me, it helps me to set a reminder. So Jeremy and I um, went through a period. We've actually uh, fallen out of this, but we uh, felt very convicted to be praying together every night. So I had an alarm go off on my phone every night at 9 o'clock that said, pray with Jeremy. So we would... When that went off, it reminded us to stop and pray together. I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah, so that worked really well. And I think like what you're saying in the car, you know, whenever we see an ambulance or something like that, you know, I'll ask a kid in the car, hey, can you pray for that family? And you're right. At first, sometimes it is kind of awkward. But now that's become a trigger for them. When they see someone hurt or needing help, they go, hey, can we pray for that? And I love that. I love that too. But it took time to get to that place. Yes, Okay, another one of our mamas wrote in and said she wants to make some time for herself, but she's always feeling guilty about it. Yeah. And we actually got to do this at our mom event where we did a whole breakout session on mom guilt. And I was scrolling social media the other day and found this um, quote that I wanted to just share. So, Kate, I want your thoughts on this. It says, moms will always feel guilt. The trick is not to swim around in it, but instead to swim right through it. We just have to or it'll find a way to drown us. Wow. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think that guilt is always kind of looming, right? I guess that's Agreed. what that's saying, yeah. you know? And we have to find a way to figure out how to keep going. Yeah. Even when it feels like we aren't doing things right or we're questioning. Yeah, one of the things we talked about in that breakout was like, we are guilty. Okay. Like we all are. Sure. We're not perfect people. We're not perfect moms. Yeah. I mean, if we go back to the gospel, we're sinners. Yeah. So instead of trying to... Uh, question whether or not we're guilty, just claim it. I'm guilty. Okay. I haven't done everything right. Well, and that's different than shame. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Shame is when the enemy makes you feel like who you are as a person is not good enough. Right. Versus I just made a poor choice there. Yes. Yes. That's so good. I think that's so good because then, because then we can say, okay, we all feel guilty because none of us are doing it perfect. Exactly. But do not fall into shame about it and let that claim a lie over you, you know, because that's where we really start to drown. Exactly. And so I think as moms, When you feel that sense in yourself where you're like, I just need time by myself or I just need to go off and spend, you know, 20 minutes alone or get a pedicure or take a nap and you start to feel that guilt like, oh, I could be doing all these other things right now. You know what? We're not perfect people. But if in that moment you feel like that would help you to come out of that situation with a better mindset, then go do it. Go take care of yourself. Yeah. And just know that with our kids, we're going to make mistakes. I'm going to forget stuff with them. I'm going to make poor choices sometimes that I thought were good for them but weren't good for them. Yeah. I just fess up and say, I'm sorry. Next time, we're going to make a different choice. Or I'm sorry I overreacted or got angry. Don't let that guilt drown you. Claim it in that moment and say, you're right. I I could have done a better job. That's good. And then just get back up and keep going. I love what it said about just swim through it. Yeah. Swim through it. 
Because I do think that our God provides the grace and the strength for those moments when we do feel so overcome and so weak. And if we allow ourselves to sit in that, the enemy is. He's going to try and tell you that it's you're a bad mom and that you never deserve to have kids and you never do anything right. Those are lies from the enemy. Yeah. So claim what you know to be true. God, I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. And through your Holy Spirit, I have the power to be the mom I'm supposed to be to these kids. And I think that time for yourself is important for you to be able to hear those truths. Agreed. Because when we're in the battle with the kids constantly, it is hard to to have those moments where we can pull away and hear God remind us of what is true. Yes. Um, you know, I hate that self-care or time for yourself gets a bad rap because... I don't, I am so curious about the evolution of this whole self-care thing, you yes. know, um, but I, it's okay for you to go for a walk. Yes. You know, it's okay for you to go grab a cup of coffee by yourself and sit in Starbucks and journal and, you know, those things are okay and it's actually good. It's, it's not, in my opinion, with my children, it is not healthy for me to be with them all the time and for me to be all things to them. Right. They need to be able to figure out how to get what they need without me being there. I'm not doing any favors for them by creating codependency where they need me for everything. Correct. Yes. And they need to see that you're able to choose yourself because, guys, they're going to grow up to be moms and dads one day. Yeah. And they have to be able to choose that for themselves one day. So when we show them that by example, mom needs to step out for a few minutes and take some time for herself. I think in the long run, it actually teaches them a life skill. Perfect. I love that so much. Okay, so I had a couple come in about homework, and I want to read these two. Um, one says, yes to the homework. We are only at third grade, but we argue about it all the time. Um, just to get the kid to do it and give it the effort. Oh, she, no, I'm sorry. She said, just do it, kid, and give it effort. <laughs> you will be done so much faster if you do it. Um, and then another mom said, homework, we fight about getting it done. Then when she does get it done, it's poor quality. Mm-hmm. You know, this is so interesting for me to think about with homework. Um, you know, I think my answer here may not be popular, but I think there's a there's a part of this where you, in some ways, let your kid fail a little bit in this area. I agree. And let them experience the natural consequences of what happens when they don't do their homework, you know, um, and that... That they may have punishments at school and then they, they may have punishments at home. But I hate it when we get tangled up with our kids and it's so exhausting trying to get them to do these things that there is some block for them there. And whatever motivation you're trying to give for them to get it done, it's just not getting it done. Yes. We had an instance with uh, my oldest the other day where he turned in a project that looked amazing and he had not read the instructions. And so he did not follow what the teacher had asked him to do. She counted off 20 points. And he was like, Mom, it's not fair. I This is like, it, I did my best work. And I said, I trust that you did. But she gave you specific instructions. And if she lets you get away with it, then the other kids too. So yes, it's not fair, but guess what? This is a great learning experience. Next time you're going to read it more fully. Yes. Yeah. Well, and you know, I listen, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can go about homework. I mean, if we're going to be lighthearted about this, you can give the carrot or the stick, you know? So if that kid's supposed to be sitting there doing their homework and they're not just shoot, that, that is shoot a, them with a Nerf gun, that's tweetable, you know? 
Is it the carrot or the stick? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever it takes. And for some kids, you know, I have a kid that is highly motivated by extrinsic rewards. Oh, God. What is extrinsic? What is that word? Well, okay. So an intrinsic reward is like when you do it and you feel good. Okay. It, you're internally motivated. Okay. Okay. Extrinsic rewards are when you're externally motivated. So like you tell this kid, okay, you get this homework done in 10 minutes, you get a full Snickers bar or something. You know, like you give I'm them definitely an prizes. extrinsic extrinsic. <laughs> Extrinsic learner. Yes. Yeah. Give me all the gifts. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think there's, I love um, the book. I read Love and Logic when my first kid was young. I really like that idea because I think it, it helps you be creative about thinking about your children and their consequences that we want natural consequences to their choices. And for me, the most natural consequence for them not doing their homework is that they're going to get a bad grade in class. And, you know, it's okay. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves for them to make all A's, you know, and oh gosh, I know this is hard to say, but it's okay for a kid in elementary and middle, you know, to not get all A's and Listen, even when I was, they get to high school. I was just thinking that like the, the threshold for pain in elementary school is low. Yeah. Like listen, it's third grade. Yeah. If he's got to get a C it's not going on his forever record. Colleges are not looking at that, you know? I do understand in high school when it's the GPA and it starts to become really important, but seriously, when they can fail and it not be as bad because it's third, fourth, fifth grade, I mean, let them learn through some natural consequences. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Okay. We also had um, several mamas write in and have some questions about cell phones and social media. Yes. Let's talk about that. Um, I do not have all the answers for this and really... Kate and I are in the thresholds right now of figuring this out with our own kids. Yeah. But something that my husband says all the time, he was a youth pastor for 20 years, and he says all the time is say no as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Because once you say yes, you're saying you're going to have to say no to 100 more things. Mm. So think about this with me. Like once you say yes to giving your kid a cell phone, then you have, can I get this app? Can I download this game? Can I text a friend? Can I get their number? So do you see how by saying that one yes, you have to say like a thousand no's? Yeah. Versus just saying, no, it's not time for a phone. And guess what? I don't have to answer any more questions. Yeah. Like that's it. I just said no. So I think one of the things that I would encourage moms to is say no as long as you can. Yes. As long as you can, as long as your kid is not asking about it, don't ask them, hey, when would you like a cell phone? Uh Uh-huh. Just say no as long as you can, because as soon as you say yes, it opens up a whole nother room of things that you have to deal with. Yeah. And then once you say yes, you say yes with the understanding, especially with like technology stuff like phones. This is my phone. Mm. I'm just letting you borrow it. Yeah. Like you never give that to them with the understanding that this is yours. Yeah. Because they're not ready to have that kind of responsibility. So this is my phone and I'm going to let you use it. And the more that they show you they're responsible with that, the more ownership you can give them. Cool. And so as long as you are the owner of that phone, you get to decide what goes on it, whose number goes in it, how often they get to use it. So I would say one of the things is definitely say no as long as you can and then remind them that you are still in control of this item. I love that. So I have heard Greg teach on that years ago. And so that was something that we held on to, you know, say no as long as you can. Um, And so the way that plays out for us, my kids have hand-me-down phones from their grandparents, you know, that they like watch Netflix on and they have messenger kids, you know, but neither of those kids have um, access to web. 
They don't have access to social media, you know, and then we track everything that's happening on their phone and we have protective, um, they have Q studio on their phones. There's so many things that you can download and have for your child's technology where you can read all their text messages and figure out what they're Googling and what kind of websites they've been to. So if you're handing them a device and you have none of that on there, you are making a foolish choice as a parent. Yeah. And the other thing with Apple phones, um, they actually have a lot of good protection set in. You can Google that mama and you can find out how to go in and shut everything down on their phone so that they just don't have access to it. Um, you know, for us, I think something else I've heard you say is never give them an age or, yes. you know, yes. don't put a date. Or did Susan C. say that? Maybe no, both yeah. of y'all have said it. For dating and for phones. There's no like, when you turn 16, Yeah. well, what if they're an immature 16-year-old? Right. And you've just walked herself into a corner. Right. Yeah, there is no age. Right. So we don't want to say, okay, when you're a freshman in high school, you get this. Well, no, you know, we'll see. And I think it's hard, you know, I think some of the questions that we had, because we had several about this, and some people were saying it's hard because we feel like we're the only family who's the holdout, you know? What do you have to say to that? You're not. Yeah. (laughs) I know it feels that way. I know it feels that way, but you're not. And listen, I tell my kids all the time, if I am the very last parent in America to give you this, then guess what? God's put an extra jewel in my crown. (laughs) You're doing it. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Like, like, don't take that as a knock. Take that as, yes, you yeah. know, this was what was right for our family. Yeah. I, man, high five to you. Yeah. So I ran into a mom. Um, she has mentored me. I've heard her speak. She's so wise. And um, I ran into her recently and reminded me something that she said because she told us um, in, in a message when she talked that her kids never had social media all through high school. And she said, they're great. They turned out great. Like, they still have lots of friends. They still, you know, they haven't missed out on anything. And that was so encouraging for me because you do feel the pressure of like, oh, gosh, what if they're missing out? No, they're not missing out. They're okay. That's what I was going to say. Like, like we're just dabbling in social media with our oldest, and I have already seen the drastic pitfalls. Mm. There is so much that goes on on social media that even if you're a parent that's watching very closely, you're going to miss. Yeah. You're going to miss some of the stuff. And the weight that it puts on the shoulders of a teenager that's trying to keep up and trying to fight some battles that when we were growing up, we got to go home and get a break from. Yes. They never get a break from them on social media. Yeah. So as much as you think they need this to be popular, they need this to have friends, they need this for school, they need this for sports, they don't need it. Yeah. Well, and like you just said, it keeps things riled up. Right. And so something that could have been squashed overnight, you know, that's something you and I've discussed before, how when we were growing up, you could have gotten in a fight at school or something. And maybe even someone picked up the phone and called maybe, you know, your house phone. But for the most part, like you got to leave that drama and come home and have a respite from all of that, have a break. And usually by the time you went to school the next day, like there was so much more clarity or people were over it or you were able to get over it quicker, you know. These kids need that opportunity because otherwise, you know, they get beat down. These things are going on and on. They say things in the pressure of the moment. These babies are immature. They're not ready to be able to say. And then they have these things written down. Black and white. On a text message. Yes. Yes. And there it is, you know, and you're getting screenshots of what your kids said. And 
you know, as much as we can, what safeguards can we put in place for these kids that just are not ready to handle that yet? And that it's okay. You're not alone. I can tell you, if you feel like you're alone, you're, you're not alone. One more thing I would say is you can always take it away. So I've heard many a mom say, well, we've already done it. We've already given it to him. So yeah. let's go back to point one. That's your phone. Yeah. You can take it away. Yeah. And it's like you feel like for some reason as a parent, you just, well, I've already given it to him. Yes, you can take it away. Yeah. If they have shown you that they're not responsible with it, if they have shown you that they're not mature with it, then you have every right to say, we're no longer going to have it. Yeah. And when I see that you're back to a place where you have more maturity, then maybe we'll talk about getting it back. Yeah. But mama, do not feel like you cannot walk in and go, you know what? This was too much too soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that I gave it to you too soon, but I'm going to take it back now. And yeah. we're going to go back to that place where you don't have to carry this weight anymore because you're not ready for it. Good. I love that. So we had a mom that messaged and said, you know, she needed help getting her kids to eat more green veggies. And listen, we have to get creative about this. So, you know, we eat we, I make smoothies, and I try and hide some spinach in there. Yeah. And they don't know it? Well, sometimes they do. Because then, actually, they didn't know it, and then they went to a friend's house, and that mom made smoothies, and those smoothies were, like, pink and yellow, and mine are brown. <laughs> and they you were got like, called out by another mom's yeah, recipe. Yeah, so they were like, why are these so dark? I know. So that kind of got me. So I'll do things like make zucchini muffins that have like zucchini and applesauce in them and things like that, you know. And then, oh, guys, I mean, we I don't love to have battles at dinner time, So I try not to do that too much. But our rule is you have to try a bite. And what we have found is that over time, then they start eating more and more bites. Like, But I think I read one time that it's like 21 exposures or something before they may like something. That's what I was thinking. Like, really, honestly, if you could just start getting them to do it one bite yeah. at a meal, yeah. you know, in a routine fashion. Right. That really, at some point, they might actually figure out it's not that bad. Well, and for some kids, they like the science behind it. You know, so if you tell them like, hey, this is why this is good. This is how it helps you. These are the vitamins. Some kids really get into that, you know. Listen, I love when I go to the pediatrician because I feel like when she says things to Abby, we come home and Abby's like, mom, I need to eat more vegetables. Exactly. My doctor said to. I know. Maybe you just need to like call your doctor ahead of time and be like, all right, laid on thick today. Yeah. They need vegetables. Maybe that would help. That's good. So when you were growing up, did you ever try and like hide vegetables or like pretend that you ate them? No. No. And I remember I didn't like all the vegetables and we definitely ate them in our house. We did have vegetables on our plate. I don't know that I loved them all, but I don't remember like hiding them or even getting in trouble for not eating them. Okay. So we would have to eat green peas and I hate it. I still don't really like green peas. I'll kind of eat a little bit, but I, I just, I don't know. I just don't get into them. Peas anyway. and carrots. I love it. Oh, it's my so favorite. my mom would make them and I would, and you know, we used to drink a glass of milk at dinner. Did y'all drink a glass of milk? No, no we did not. You did it? <laughs> oh my gosh. I felt like, you know, you were supposed to drink a glass of milk at dinner anyway. So I would put some peas in my mouth and I'd spit them into my milk. <laughs> And then, like, just not drink all the milk so they were yes. still, like, floating at the bottom? Yes. Oh, my goodness. You know when she poured your milk out, she saw them. Well, so if, if I had a chance to put to clear my plate, then I would take care of it. But I did get caught a couple of times when she was dumping my glass out. That yeah, was hilarious. My peas always got really mushy. I couldn't spit them out. Once you put them in your mouth, they, like, became mush. No, I think mine stayed, like, little bullets. And so they I just, did? Yeah, just boop, 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 back into the cup. Maybe we cooked them wrong in our house. We, like, kill them. 
Kill the peas. Mush them up. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think forever that has been the struggle of moms to try and get their kids to eat green Did your parents vegetables. ever put cheese Whiz on top of like broccoli and stuff to make you eat it? No, but that's what Jeremy's mom did. She put cheese sauce on everything. And so when we got married and I started serving vegetables that did not have cheese, he was like, what is happening? Why are we eating plain broccoli? This is rude. Listen, there's no way that that cheese Whiz is real, right? No, 100%. I think it's like one degree away from plastic. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not great. So maybe choose your cheese sauces carefully if you're yeah. going to try and do that. Yeah. <laughs> And I did air fry some asparagus the other day, and the two big kids didn't like it as much. And then Caroline, who does not usually eat asparagus, chomped it down. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. So, yes. you you know, you never know. So it was good for me just to keep experimenting. Okay. Yeah. So we also had another mom that wrote in. She says her daughter bites her fingernails until oh. they bleed, and she doesn't know how to make it stop. I That... Honestly, that would drive me nuts. So I had a friend in high school, and it was a nervous habit. She would tear at her cuticles around her fingers. It just, you know, we'd be sitting in class, and she was tearing. Did you do that? I still do it. Do you still Is do it? Is that a nervous habit? Is that why I'm doing it? It's a nervous <gasps> habit, and hers would crack and bleed and I stuff. I do, too. Yes. It was terrible, but I'm nervous. And I don't know it. I, I, I think it's a nervous habit. Oh, my habit. goodness. No, I think about it all the time. My cuticles, I always think about them. What? Well, yeah, You're I do it all it now. I do it all the time. <laughs> well, I was going to say for hope for the mom is that she grew out of it eventually. <laughs> but here's Rebecca at 40, still picking at her cuticles. Listen, here's my idea, okay? Okay. Get some of those medical gloves. Yeah. You know, you can buy big boxes of those. Yeah. Girl, just put just those make on them wear Yeah. Put some duct tape around it. She can't get it all. 100%. That's a genius idea. Is that like child abuse? No, I don't know. No, it's that great. okay? So my little sister, when we were growing up, she was still sucking her thumb like late into elementary and she begged me to help her, you know, stop sucking her thumb. So Rebecca, I mean, we did everything under the sun. Like we would dip her thumbs in cayenne pepper. Yes, yes. You know, we'd put like vinegar on them. We did, we taped them. We did all kinds of things. You know, and eventually she grew out of it, but we... We were not afraid to try everything. You know what's so funny, though, now that you're saying that, like, it being a nervous habit? I don't know. Like, maybe talk to your kid and, like, really try to figure out, is there something happening that, yeah. like, you don't, you can't handle or you're nervous about? Or, I don't know. That's actually really interesting to me, that maybe when our kids do some of that stuff that there's more going on. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and then it becomes a habit, right, where they're just doing it all the time. So, so Caleb, <laughs> he he picks at his skin, and so he gets these little bumps all over his arms and stuff like that. And I took him to the dermatologist, and I was like, what is going on? And she looked at him, and she said, you are doing this to yourself. Stop it. And it was so helpful That's to get awesome. the doctor on yes. my side yes, so that she was the one to tell him, you know, because I thought something, I thought he was having a rash or something weird, and she, she said, no, you are doing this. You stop it. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love that. So again, the doctor, listen, just take that kid to the doctor for everything. Get reinforcements. And anxious ticks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one that we thought was really kind of funny that we'll just share about was a working mom. We love you working moms. Yes. Seriously. I don't know how you do it. Bless your heart. Y'all are amazing. Yes. But when you come home from work, you've got to fix dinner still. And so she was just like, help me out. What are some like easy recipes? So what do you got, Kate? Okay. So, you know, I was late to the air fryer club, but now I'm in. 
Okay, I'm in on it. So let me tell you, you buy a bag of frozen sweet potato fries and you buy some chicken nuggets and you put one in one bucket and the other in another well, bucket. Well, because you got the bougie air fryer. I don't Listen. know anybody else that has a two basket air fryer. You're the only one. I, when Jeremy first got that, I was like, this is way too big. This is out of control. And now I'm totally into it. Yes. You love it, awesome. it. I use it for everything. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, So, you know, that's an easy. The other thing is like, I don't know, don't hate on the pre-prepped things. Like we have a, a thing just in, in Rockwall, the minced meal. Oh yeah. Have you ever been? No. And I've been meaning to go, go try that yes. out because, you know, there's all kinds of great meal prep things. And then do a roast, you know, do a, buy a rotisserie chicken, just Figure out what you can do that can be done ahead of time. One thing Rebecca and I both do is when we go to Costco and buy stuff, sometimes we'll just spend time like cooking meat. Yes. So I go to Costco and I'll buy a rotisserie chicken and I go ahead and debone it and pull all the meat off and throw that in the freezer. Or buy the ground beef and go ahead and cook up all the ground beef. Or buy sausage patties and cook up a whole bunch. Because the meat is always the hardest part of the meal, don't you think? For sure. And so what I do with my Costco meat, I don't cook all my hamburger meat, but I package it into smaller baggies. Okay. And I squish it flat. Okay. So it's like a paper plate. Okay. And then I freeze it like that. And when you take that out of the freezer and put it in a sink of cold water, it thaws like that. That it is, is super smart. fast. So okay. I was going to say spaghetti, tacos, things like that. Yeah. Just if you'll do the prep ahead of time with your meat before you freeze it, it makes the cooking so much quicker. Yeah, agree. And then I'm on the Instapot train. Okay. So I have the Instapot and I love it because it takes a frozen chicken breast and cooks it in like 25 minutes. <gasps> really? It is so fast. Okay. So some of my favorite recipes are frozen chicken breasts that I put in my Instapot and then I pour different sauces over them. So one of our favorites is that um, salsa verde. Yeah. Sauce from the grocery store. I pour that over it and sprinkle some seasoning in it, like cumin, salt, and pepper. Yeah. And then you put the lid on that thing, and you cook your chicken, and it shreds apart so easy. You can make soft tacos. You can make enchiladas. I love that. And then you can freeze whatever you don't use. Yeah. Then once you've eaten, you know, like half of it out of there for the night, you can also add chicken stock to it, and Uh it becomes like a chicken tortilla soup. So then you have a meal for the next night. That is great. So I'm telling you, chicken breast in the Instapot, you could even put just regular salsa on it. And that would make a delicious taco too. You can make so many things in the Instapot. It's a winner. I love that. The last thing I would add there is each kid needs to know how to make a meal. Even if it's, you know, this kid can make grilled cheese and tomato soup. And this kid can make mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. And this kid knows how to make sandwiches, right? If they each know how to make one, then you can say, hey, you're up tonight. So that you are not having to make all the meals. You shouldn't have to make all the meals, Mama. And your kids may be too young for that at this point. But at some point, when you can, just let a kid take the time. And that's what's hard is the prep time. But train them. Teach them how to own something so that they can. You know, Caleb is the um, pizza kid. So on a night when I don't feel like cooking, he knows how to make the pizzas. And he makes pizza. Are, Are they from Frozen? From Frozen. Oh, it's not like he's spinning dough in the air. Oh my gosh, I was like, well, tell us what he does to make these pizzas. You said he takes them out of the freezer and he puts it in the oven. Yes, but he knows how to not burn them. (laughs) He knows how to cut them up and give them to the kids and put fruit with them. You know, he knows what I expect. Oh, she has fruit. Yeah. Y'all, Kate is winning at the healthy food game. Green on the plate, fruit on the side. I'm trying. I I love it. I try. Lydia is mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, you know, and Caroline, we're working on trying to figure out what her thing is. I'm going to give Caroline a break. I think she's okay. Yeah. She don't need to be cooking yet. No, she's at the helper stage. So she's learning. But, you know, they each know how to make something. And so if I'm tired, I can call on them for help. 
Um, and I'm a semi-working mom. So, yes. you know, I need yes. I need to have the help and they're ready to help. And listen, when all else fails, cereal for dinner. A hundred percent. You buy one box of yes. that sugary fun cereal that your yeah. kids love. Yes. And one night a week, they all get sugar cereal. I love that. Yes, they will love you for it. Moms, this was so fun. Thank you so much for sharing your questions with us. We will definitely do this again because we know we didn't get to cover all of them. But, you know, sometimes it just feels good to hear another mom talk about what's going on in your life and just give you some ideas that you've never thought about. We love you. We're here for you. We're cheering you on. Thanks for joining us. Bye, moms. Gather Moms is part of a whole community of women who mom in any way, and we want you to connect to that community. Go to gathermoms.com to learn how to join a gather group.